Okay, we're going to start talking about God's Word on music. God's Word on music. Let's start in Psalm 30, verse 4, and then we will hopefully be looking at a bunch of other scriptures. The songbook in the middle of the Bible, the book of Psalms. We'll just read verses 1 through 4 as we, as we start out. Psalm 30, we'll read verses 1 through 4. And notice there, the psalmist says, the the psalmist David says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Here's David. He's, a lot of his psalms are testifying of something that he's wrestling with or an experience with God, and that's what we see in part in a few of these verses. And then we hear a command where it says, sing unto the Lord. This is one of those first commands regarding music from God to us, that is to sing. Let's talk about music for a little bit, and then we're going to narrow it down to a particular kind of plan of action tonight. Um, I've read, I did a count myself of different mentions, different words in the Bible that relate to music, either the instrument or singing, um, the words song, songs, sing, or sang, or play, play as it relates to music. The actual word music in the Bible, at first I couldn't find it. As I looked it up, then I realized it ends in a K, so they use the older spelling, but there's not that word itself is not used a lot. Uh, the word singer, singers, psalm, psalms, musical, melody, hymns. If you were to get all those words and try to throw in the references to musical instruments, you'll get over 500 references to music in the Bible. And what in the world is music? Music is basically the art of ordering tones in in order to produce a melodious composition. It's arranging some sounds together in a coherent manner to present something, whether it's vocally or instrumentally. That's basically what music is. And music is an amazing thing. Again, this is not man's invention, the, the concept of music that we even started our service out with tonight that perhaps you had in your vehicle as you're coming here. Perhaps you have as a kind of a diet in the background of your mind uh, while you're working. Music is something that God invented. And it identifies with our spirit and our soul and our body. Uh, connects with us. Um, the Bible uh, refers to it in many different areas throughout, mostly in the Old Testament. There's not a lot of references in the New Testament. Um, as it relates to music, it's very powerful. Let me give you a couple quotes. <clears throat> Plato, not Plato, but Plato, philosopher 400 years before Christ, said, Let me make the songs of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That's interesting. He observed peoples in his day and time, and his observation was, The laws have some strength, but the music has more. If I can make the music, I can have a lot of strength. Um, here's what um, one man said. Uh, again, po- kind of positive, negative 
as you go through this. Some of us know, perhaps would recognize the name Jimi Hendrix, um, rocker from the 60s. I think he died probably of drug overdose or something. He said this in 1969. He says, you can hypnotize people with music when they get at their weakest point. You can preach into their subconscious minds what you want to say. He said that to Life magazine in October of 1969. Another man said, uh, Graham Nash of Crosby, Stills and Nash said in 1967 to a, in a, a, a magazine, he said, pop music is the mass medium for conditioning the way people think. So music is powerful, of course, for good, for bad, just like uh, anything. You can use something for good. You could use something, the same thing, for bad. And uh, what we are told to do, whatever we use, is to use for good, for the glory of God. Um, one thing I had to realize as I was looking through the Bible about music, and I don't have it all prepared tonight, but music has a lot of different... Um, the ultimate purpose is to glorify God with everything. is. That's why He made all things, for His glory and, and for His pleasure. But, you know, music is, if you look at the, in the Bible, you do a scan of the Bible and just say, what is, what's happening? You see people using music just to, because they're happy. They might not be in the tabernacle, they might not be in church, but they're just happy. And they're happy that somebody's going off to get married, or somebody just got married, or somebody just came home, and they're coming out with tabret and dances and whatever else, and they're happy about it. Uh, some people are doing music because they are... Uh, singing uh, a love song to somebody, and they just want to express it somehow. Um, some people use music because they're showing their mourning. You know, Lamentations is a funeral song, basically, of Jeremiah. We don't know what it sounded like, but we have the words. Um, some people use music uh, because, you know, there is a um, victory in a war. And they're doing their chant, and they're, some people are using music to get ready for war. Now, that was pretty much what I'm describing is in a good way. Some people have used music as a, uh, there's something called the Song of Harlots. The Song of Harlots. I mean, obviously, it's doing something to coordinate something there that the harlot would like. There's also music could be used. The Bible talks about the song of fools. The Bible talks about um, the song of a drunkard. There you go. The Bible talks about, yeah, there's plenty of those, I think. Um, when Moses was up in the mount and he was about finished and he and Joshua were there and, and uh, God said, hey, you better go see those people of yours. <laughs> they rebelled. <laughs> and then God, Moses ended up saying, no, they're your people. Uh, but he says, you better go get those people. They've, uh, they've already forsaken me. And, and Joshua's like, I hear something. I hear the sound of, it sounds like the sound of war, but it's not the sound of them being overcome of war, but the sound of music that I hear. Well, of singing, he said. And so here you, you can have music where it can fan the flames of a rebellion. It can fan the flames of sinful flesh. It can uh, be used by a harlot, or you could use it in celebration, you know, just, just uh, human celebrations. We sing happy birthday. We have festive-type songs. You see that in the Bible. 
But then you have music that's definitely conditioned and narrowed toward worship. And I realize that uh, God has made us to where the natural man, a natural man, most natu men naturally want to, to sing or enjoy music because that's where, just like we like to talk and we like to eat food, whether we're Christians or not. But for us as Christians, it's narrowed more down to where whatever music you have, corral it over here and, and channel it toward the glory of God. That's what we're called to do. So that's what we're learning here. Boy, there's so many references. We're not going to go through the over 500 that are in there. What I'd like to do is this. I'd like to give my primary focus when we come back on each of these, I don't know how many lessons we'll have, but my primary, my primary focus goes along the lines of this question. Okay, so music is in the Bible. You see Jesus singing. You see disciples singing a little bit, just a few times. You see uh, the Old Testament, lots of singing there. You see the songbook in the middle of the Bible. You see Song of Songs. You see all this music. You see examples. Okay, my question is, what are God's commands to me? That's my question. Okay, God, I see all that. What are you telling me? What's your commands to me? Give me the, the commands. And that was my question. What is God's commands, specific commands, specifically related to music? And so I just thought, well, I need to find that. So I started looking through what I remembered, some commands coming out of the Psalms. I remember a few in the New Testament, and I've sifted through it. It's like, okay, here they are. And so I'm kind of basically going from left to write in my Bible that I've found, and maybe you'd find some more that I haven't, whether it's a direct command of God regarding music, because the idea there is, am I obeying God's commands on music? And I started realizing, man, I'm a little slothful here. I'm not really obeying them that well. And so let's, let's line ourselves up and hear God's commands on music. We already started with one of the first one. This, this first, when, I, when we find one of the commands, it doesn't mean that's the only place it's said. For instance, Psalm 30, verse 4. This is really deep. Ready? Sing! That's deep, isn't it? Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His. Okay? So that, is, that imperative is repeated in the, throughout the Psalms and a few times in the New Testament. God orders us to sing unto Him, make uh, a joyful sound, which we'll get to that one, uh, to exert yourself in trying to make song, and we've done that tonight, but sometimes we need a little boost on that, right? Sing unto the Lord. Men are allowed to sing for all... Now think about this thought, okay? I just told you just a minute ago that men... When I say men, I mean humanity naturally, in general, wants to make melody and sing something. Whether they know there's a God or not, they just want to. There's, we're musical, aren't we? I mean, our heart beats on a rhythm. And sometimes when there's another rhythm going, we're going like this to it, you know? I remember one of my kids, a couple of my kids, before they even knew what any style of music was at all. I remember Susie, when she was like two, she, she would just, all of a sudden, she'd start doing this little wiggle because she heard this little... This little ditty of a commercial, and she's doing her little wiggle to that, to that thing. We still, to this day, have to calm her down on that. But, um, but there's this, what I'm saying is there's this natural part of us that wants to have music in our celebrations, in our expressions of love, in our sorrow. There's this natural part of us, and we see that that happens in the Bible to people in the Hebrew, especially the Hebrew culture. 
It's in our nature by God to have that and to enjoy that for God's glory. Enjoy that for God's glory. He gets glory when you enjoy that concept of music, of singing it and hearing it. He gets glory for that. Just like he would when you enjoy that apple off a tree that you made. However, God never commanded, commanded you to sing under any type of circumstance except he commands this thing to sing unto him. The one time, in other words, what I'm saying is when a command for music comes in to us, it's related to for us to him. God never commands you that you have to sing at uh, uh, somebody's funeral song or that you have to sing happy birthday or the goofy happy birthdays that they try to do in the restaurants when they're off tune. God never commands you that you have to join in on that or the goofy songs that you had to sing in junior high or elementary school when everybody had... God doesn't command you, but he does command you and I to sing unto him. Oh, that's when they come in place. It's only in this matter of praise does he command us the other times are optional. Number two, so there's a deep point right there. God's command, sing unto him. Number two, he says with an instrument here, Psalm 33, 2. Psalm 33, let's look at verse 1 and 2. Rejoice in the Lord, Psalm 33, verse 1. O ye righteous, for praise is comely. For the upright, praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. It's interesting. He says the, the, the new idea that, or for, not new to the world, but in our, for our time tonight is the idea is he says, sing unto him using an instrument. Grab something else to, to enhance this. Did you know there's some churches and there has been times in the past where churches were like this, where they said, no instruments, um, only vocal. And even then, some of them say, no instruments, only the psalms. And they ban instruments. But here even the psalmist itself says, hey, grab an instrument, do what you can to magnify God with melody and with music. It says it right there. Bring, sing, uh, with, sing unto him with the psaltery. It's a type of stringed instrument. Praise him with harp, it said previously, and then an instrument of ten strings. By the way, I, this is an interesting study. It's like, you could do a study and say, what were the instruments mentioned in the Bible? Some of them we still use today. Some of them we're not even quite sure what they were. Um, they had several. There were, it's in three categories, though, in the Bible. There were stringed instruments, wind instruments, and percussion. We do know that as we look in the Bible. And it dominates what our instruments are using today. Um, but the harp, I'll give you a few that the Hebrews had used. The harp, and then there was other miscellaneous stringed instruments. They think there may have been one like a guitar. There's a horn, a couple different types of um, wind instruments. Horn, trumpet, a dulcimer, they think one may have been like a bagpipe. Then there's some percussion ones like a timbrel and tabret, cymbals, and then cornets. There's different instruments that they utilized uh, to obey God, take an instrument, sing unto him with an instrument of ten strings. Um, I have a little harmonica, and my boys, my younger boys, always want to grab it and use it. Dad, can I play your harmonica? No, because it's just going to be like, and I'm going, oh, no, you got you know, to get that, got to get a tune down. 
So here's God's commands to us. Sing, number two, sing with an instrument, even if it's just a grab a harmonica or if you can learn something, learn something. This is an interesting one, and I think it's underrated. Look at Psalm 33, verses 1 to 3. Here's another command. We're hearing it. Psalm 33, read verse 1 and 2. Look at verse 3 now. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. The first part of that verse is our point. Number three, what is God's command? Sing a new song. Um, and that's not the, that is not the only place. I don't remember how many times it's mentioned in the Bible. It's mostly in the Old Testament. In fact, it's only in the Old Testament. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. I'm singing a new song. Sing a new song. Um, unto the Lord. New means new. New means, look at Psalm 40, verse 3. I'll give you an idea of what new means. It doesn't mean, um, it, means it means what it says, really, new. It's, it's uh, fresh. The psalmist in Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3, let's look at that. He said, David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto my God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Those are, those are wonderful words. David is recounting. Now, David's singing a song himself. And he says, I was in this pit. I didn't like it. I had to wait for God to help me in this horrible pit. And he brought me out of the pit. And he put a new song in my mouth. David was happy for a new song. And the new song came out of a... a a new experience with God. Did you know that a lot of these hymns, especially our old ones, are based on somebody's experience with God? Have you ever read the story about It Is Well With My Soul? That was a deep experience a man had with God. Now, some of them may not all have been as dramatic as that, but they're basically out of an experience that somebody had with God, and it's a new song that he, God put in their mouth. Sometimes it's two people. There's one with the tune and one with the lyrics. Sometimes a person, there's an author that can do the, both the lyrics and the tune. But, but um, it's born out of an experience. It's, or sometimes it's just born out of a, of a spiritual revival. So a new song represents a fresh experience with God. It's a sign of life. It's a sign of growth. It's a sign of revival as it is we see with many of our older hymns. That's why for me as a pastor, I'm always on the lookout for, let's have a new song around here. Or let's find an old song that we can sing new. It'll be new to us. Because we're commanded to. And it's an evidence of God stirring and working among us. And, um, and we've been practicing this newer hymn that we sang this last couple Sunday nights and we'll hope to sing it this Sunday morning. So I'm on the lookout, and I'm also hopeful I, that some, some among us would compose a new song, whether it's only the lyrics or only the tune, or somebody with the lyrics and somebody with the tune, get together and let's hear something. Uh, I mean, God says sing. If you find somebody that they, they got a song, oh, we got to hear it, we got to kind of sift through it, make sure it's, you know, it's appropriate, and you're not trying to copycat something on the contemporary station or on the, on the pop station. We don't want to just sound like a Christian, Christianized version of that. We want to have it distinct and not conform to this world, but we want a new song. God's worthy of it. And I hope that would happen there uh, among us, that God would, maybe God's causing a stirring already among some in here. 
where you think, I think I got a tune. I think God's put something in my heart. Let's work on that and let's hear it. Number four, another command that God has regarding music. It's right there, the other half of that verse. Sing skillfully with a loud noise. Or taking that, or play skillfully with a loud noise. I'm taking that as a whole package there. Remember I told you sometimes my boys will want to grab my harmonica? And they want to play with a loud noise. With my harmonica, you know. Loud noise, but not skillfully. Now this is a package deal. Play skillfully with a loud noise. So how many of us have kids that are trying to do music lessons? All right, yeah. And so when they're just getting started, it's like, put them in a room somewhere. Or the other siblings are like, yeah, yeah, stop. No, just get out of the house and go play. They're working on this. They're loud right now, but they're not skillful. When they're skillful, then they're, they'll we'll let them be a little louder, and you might enjoy that. you know. But, but let's focus on the thought of it being skillful. He says, play skillfully with a loud noise. Um, Skillful means with excellence, precision, accuracy of note and timing, good quality. Play skillfully, not sloppily. Skillfully. What do we do that's skillful? We try to be skillful in our, some of us, you know, men in our craft that we're involved in or our work or our sport. We want to be skillful in that. God is worthy of the utmost skills in music. Play skillfully. We expect others to do skillful things for our behalf. We're paying somebody to do a, a, a job. We're like, hey, that didn't look like good workmanship here. I expect better out of you. you know. Or we, but we, we expect somebody, if they're going to do something on our repair or on our house or something on our car, we expect them to be doing it skillfully. We're supposed to get we've, uh, some countertops this next week um, on our, in our kitchen. And um, we got a guy that's gonna put him in, and and I, my wife's like, how do you think he's gonna do a good job? I'm like, I don't know. I reckon he's recommended from us from so and so. And so my wife's looking with the eagle eye and how well, how skillful he he is. You know, it's uh, we were able to get a deal on some granite, and it looks like we'll be able to. Uh, well, we already committed to it, so we're supposed to get granite countertop, and hopefully it's all cut right and rounded right and everything. So. But we, we are expecting him to be skillful. And, and so here when it says play skillfully, God expects us to do our best. To do our best, right? Now, now listen, when we do music, there's, we, we're going to get to this too. Music is two, is two ways. It's at, we do it to, to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns. And then we do it also uh, with grace in our hearts to the Lord. So it's two directional like that. And... Um, and people are worthy of skillful music, and God also is worthy of our skillful music as well, the best we can do. So that's it right there. Number four, skillfully with a lot of noise. And then number five, last of all, um, this is not deep, but it's still worth pondering. It says sing. It doesn't just say sing, but in Psalm 47, it says sing praises. Sing praises. Psalm 47 Let's read verses 1 through 7, Psalm 46, verses 1 through 7, and we particularly see verse 6 and 7. And again, the fifth command is sing praises. Psalm 47, O clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is terrible. He is 
king, great king, a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord, with the sound of a trumpet, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Do you think we're supposed to sing praises? Yeah. said it like five times in two verses. Praises means you just, you're, you're making a big deal. You're bragging about somebody. Like, you're awesome type of thing. You know, we know how to praise people, things. You know, we praise our sports team. We praise our favorite politician. We praise our favorite athlete. We praise our, ourselves, you know. We know how to praise. Well, it says sing praises, sing praises to him, sing praises to him. Um, it, it ought, and, and I think that's what we do. By and large, we have some praise songs, and we need to have it like that. And sometimes it bothers me when somebody says, I don't like this praise and worship stuff. I think I know what they mean, but you shouldn't say it that way. Praise and worship is what God says to do. Now, in a weird or contemporary or kind of a worldly way, now that's a different story. But, you know, we're for praise and worship, but as unto a holy God. Because I'm commanded to praise and I'm commanded to worship Him. And so it says, sing praises to Him, brag on Jesus. You know, I remember there was a time when I was younger, I'd listened to some rap music. And after a while, I realized I knew it wasn't right as a Christian because the Holy Spirit was convicting me. But also, I started realizing that a lot of these rappers, there's one theme, themselves. They all sing about themselves. They brag about themselves. And they, you know, it's all about them. They're bragging about themselves and so many, or something profane. Um, and so we're told, we're told to do opposite, to, to praise God. Um, singing praises is bragging on Jesus. It's comely. Look at Psalm 147, verse 1. Hold your place in Psalm 47, but Psalm 147, verse 1, it says it's comely and pleasant. Sing, uh, Psalm 147, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good. It's not bad. It is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. It means it's beautiful. Yeah. I love hearing like a big, I mean, I love it when our church really gets into singing a song. I like it when maybe I'm at a pastor's conference or something, and there's a whole bunch of preachers, and they're singing a song. And it's like, yeah, I love this. This is beautiful, you know. And um, so it's, it's comely. Look at Psalm 117, verse 1. It says, all God, the psalmist calls out to all the nations to get in on this. Psalm 117, verse 1. He says, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people, for His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm's over. That was yeah. two verses right there. That was a quick song. All ye nations. You know what? God wants to hear the African uh, accent. He wants to hear the European accent. He wants to hear the Oriental accent, the Australian accent, and the different American accents. He wants, all the nations. All you go ahead and sing praise to Him, He says. And then sing praises. Brag on Jesus. It's comely. All nations should do it. And notice 
Even look at chapter, look at chapter 47, verse 1. Chapter 47, verse 1. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout. Now, this is where it's best to, if you have clapping, especially for this church, if we ever clap, it should be where it's led by a song leader. Because um, you want to have all things done decently in order. But the idea is just, you're, you're just we're trying to generate a, an expression of excitement toward God and happiness toward God and praise towards God. So, I remember when I first came to this church, I didn't sing a lot, and I've told you this, my brother-in-law, who was about my age, was in this church, and he, he liked to sing, and he sang well. And it was encouraging to me as a teenager standing next to him and hearing him sing, and he wasn't ashamed of it. He sang well. He would sing solos in church, and that always encouraged me. And, and, it, and it, it really was admonishing to me to, to get on board and do my best to sing. I couldn't play an instrument, um, and I was barely able to eventually start singing a little bit in a choir or, or duet and then a little bit in college. But I'm glad it was admonishing to me. And I remember realizing the thought of, you know, God is worthy of, of me exerting myself for Him in this way. He's worthy of that. And what bothers me sometimes is I think Christians, they expend themselves a lot on other types of singing, on other types of music. And we're not gonna, I'm not going to get into all that. And we'll get that into another, another time. But sometimes it bothers me when I think, I think I feel I've seen people where they, they'll sing all kinds of things. They'll sing all kinds of songs, uh, sometimes undiscerningly. But they'll be silent to songs for God. But he's the one who's most worthy of it. Amen? And we're meant to do it. It didn't, God didn't say, well, now, if you're really good at it, then sing. He just said, sing and let it be a joyful noise. And if it's really bad, just, like, do it, you know, when everybody else is really loud. <laughs> so that's music. We're just getting started on studying that. We'll look at more commands. They're good that I found in the Psalms and a few in the New Testament. Let's pray.